bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. What up, what up, what up? All right, that's all I got. (laughs) Wow, okay, great. (laughs) Welcome to the Memphis AAF podcast. I am Daniel. And if you've ever needed a better, like, encapsulation of us, you just got it. (laughs) Oh, I'm Michelle, by the way. Uh, Surprise, surprise, we actually have news again this week. Sometimes it's like a trickle, sometimes it's a waterfall of news coming out of the AAF. Yeah, this week's a little more of a trickle, kind of grasping at straws, but it'll do. All right, let's do it. All right, so starting off, we are getting closer to getting team names. I, I don't believe you at this point. <laughs> We've been talking about possible team names since we started, since before we started. Yes, but it can't be much longer, right? Uh, no. Like, it can't it, be. Okay, so back in May, I think, Charlie Ebersol released a video saying that the team names are coming this summer. Summer's almost over. So Summer's definitely over. No, no, it's not. I mean, but like in everyone's minds, or at least I think. Yes, but technically the fall equinox isn't for another 18 days. People don't give a shit about the fall equinox. Labor Day means the end of summer. Okay, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I know you're listening. Please, her statements do not reflect those of everyone on this podcast. People care about the fall equinox. Is that when you fall back? Yes. Oh, well, then I do care because I can't sleep. <laughs> and that's what truly matters. <laughs> Philosophy with Michelle. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're lying to me about the fact that we're getting closer to team names. No, because every day is another day closer. Like, <laughs> it's got to come at some point, and people are getting impatient. I follow on Twitter, like, I follow, like, AAF, and I, like, monitor all this shit. Yeah. And, like, people are like, when are we getting team names? Like, people are getting impatient. So, Charlie, I know you're listening. Tell us the damn names. Um, um, Charlie, if you're listening, can we be the mummies? This is my final request. <laughs> mummies, mummies, Memphis mummies. See, it works. There we go. All right. We're now the Memphis Mummies. I like it. So there we go. We're what, what are we going to call the podcast if it's the Mummies? Mum's the word. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Charlie, please don't let it be the Mummies. Because I don't know if we should call our podcast a phrase that means silence. No, is it? Mum's the word. It's like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like the biz, like that's the shit. Like No, you're thinking of the bee's knees. <laughs> oh, that's what the swarm podcast is. <laughs> I like that. All the more maybe we should move to No, no, because we're is gonna it? stop the swarm. Remember? Yes, yes, yes. Well okay. Have you told us your favorite? I think you have. We every time I ask you and you tell me and it's in the podcast. Yeah, either the kings or Egyptian oh. theme. Okay, so what would we call our podcast if we were the kings? Who? Uh like the royal court? Nah. <laughs> Even you didn't like that. <laughs> um The Royal something. Like I would say something like has to do with like announcing news. Yeah. That's like the town crier and the I don't town, want to be a crier. The Town Crier Podcast. I hate it. <laughs> All right, you guys. If you can come up with what we would name our podcast, if we if the Memphis AAF is called the Memphis Kings, please let us know. Because we are sitting here. So let's move on before we waste any more time. <laughs> the XFL is going to be announcing their eight cities sometime this fall. I don't care. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you should care because they're going to be our direct competitors. No, no, no. I do care. It's just like I'm having a hard time really caring about the XFL. Maybe it's because I feel like they're kind of, even though they announced first, right, that they were going to have a league or they were going to be coming back. I believe so. At least I heard about the XFL before the AAF. Right. So they were kind of the first one. Well, they were way before AAF if they were back in, what, the 90s? Uh, Yeah, 90, or 2001. Okay. So they were first, technically. But I feel like at this point, they're kind of like stragglers, kind of like yeah hangers on and so i don't really care about news from the xfl but you're right that they will be competitors and it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be close to aaf teams and cities or if they're going to be like in the southwest like or pacific northeast and like north really because the aaf teams are all pretty south Mm -hmm. yeah it'd be interesting i was reading this uh blog post by the guy who runs the San Antonio fan Twitter account. Okay. And he was talking about how like XFL executives were talking about being in NFL cities. Well, that's not too much of a problem. I mean, because outside of what, Phoenix and Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. The other AAF teams, cities aren't sharing a city with the NFL. So it's not like the, uh, if, this is true. If XFL is going to follow that guidelines and go to cities where there's an NFL team, they most likely aren't going to be in the same city as an AAF team. Yeah. And I, it's just, it's a bold strategy to go to NFL cities because now you're competing with NFL teams. If they're going to be the same season. If they're not, then I don't see it being comp- competition. Possibly. That's a good point. Because we could support, let's say, the Cardinals and the Redbirds were in the same city, I would definitely have no problem with supporting both. You don't think? No, because especially because the Cardinals are like the, or the Redbirds are the feeder team to the Cardinals. I could definitely easily support both, especially if they aren't in the same season or their seasons don't overlap or coincide. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't really think about that. So maybe it could be a problem if they go to NFL cities. Could be a problem for the AAF. Correct, yeah. yeah. Except for Phoenix and Atlanta. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the the AAF cities aren't far from major teams. So Memphis, we're close to, well, I guess not St. Louis anymore, but the Titans, the Saints, Birmingham, close to the Falcons, Orlando, close to Tampa. I mean, so you're really like within driving distance to an NFL city so let us know what you guys think would it be beneficial to the xfl to aim for nfl cities or would that be too much competition with the nfl and if they do go to nfl cities would that be a problem for the aaf if it does work out yeah it seems like it would be it seems like they would have the advantage yeah well let us know on the website in the comments or on social media and the next bit of news, Paxton Lynch has been cut by the Denver Broncos. <gasps> you don't say. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, was that surprising? No, because he hasn't been playing up to his draft spot. Yeah. Because he was drafted in the first round, I think, 12th overall. I might be mistaken, but he was like a first round pick. And you expect a lot more. And he got beat out by a seventh round Trevor Simeon. Yikes. Yeah. Which isn't saying much because I think Brady was sixth round. So, obviously, there's talent all over the place. Sure. But it's still, like, if you can't, you, you went first round, like, you got to perform. Yeah, and he's been in, he's played for the Broncos for a couple of years yeah, now. I yeah, I think three years. Yeah, a couple of years now. 
it's shit or get off the pot time type of situation. So the Broncos got off the pot. Yeah. Or they, they shoved him off the pot. <laughs> now he's out there with his pants around his ankles looking like an idiot. Anyway, what does this have to do with the AAF? Because since he went to Memphis, Memphis has first dibs if he chooses to sign with the Alliance. But what about the Broncos? Aren't aren't they allocated somewhere? And he he played for the Broncos. Yeah, I can't remember exactly which team it was, but... Did they pass? Well, no, college is the first phase. Oh, no, I could have sworn you said NFL. What? No. no. Huh? No. Phase one is college, so you go by where they went to college. Phase two, if their colleges are unallocated, then phase two is NFL. I definitely or thought it... CFL. I definitely thought it started with, like, the professional football team, then college. No, the other way around. Oh, all right. So Memphis has a shot. Yeah. At Paxton Lynch. If he chooses to go the AAF route. If Memphis chooses to sign him. Yeah. Okay. But chances are he'll sign with another NFL team because he is a first-round pick, and he'll stick around for a little while. So if other NFL teams choose not to pursue him, will he come to the AAF? And if so, can he beat out Zach Mettenberger for the starting job? Who played for the Titans? Yeah. All right. He was a selfie guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then there's always a chance that Riley Ferguson could decide to come to uh, to the AAF. Riley Ferguson, I've watched way more recently, obviously, so mm-hmm. I'm like super excited about him possibly playing for the Memphis AAF. Um, I would actually be interested to watch Paxton Lynch highlights because he's, he's obviously good, right? You said he was first round. Yeah. So he's a good quarterback, and I'm excited to like see... What could possibly be on our team? So I should go back and watch some of his stuff, too. If it came down to Riley or Zach Mettenberger, that's his name, yeah. who would you prefer? Probably Zach, just because he's had more professional experience. Yeah. Because Riley hasn't played, at least that I'm aware of, except he might have played in the preseason. Um, but he was signed, undrafted by the Bucks, and then cut and signed by the Dolphins and cut. So he just doesn't have that kind of experience. But I think he'd benefit more than Paxton Lynch. With playing time in the AAF. Riley would benefit more? Because mm-hmm. Paxson's kind of, you know, he's had his shot. Oh, oh, oh And he sure. hasn't performed. Like, Riley just, and he's been being shifted around. Like, it's not good for his development. Yeah. So, for Riley, I think it's a great idea to come to the AAF. For Paxson, I think it'd be a better idea for him to stay in the NFL if he can. Gotcha. I follow. I agree. Sure. <laughs> Moving on with the final bit of news, the AAF draft is coming up. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how really like a draft works. I don't really know. I just I just know that when it's game day, there are people that are playing on my team and I get to watch. Well, the draft is a selection process. No, I understand. Oh, my God. Damn. So a while back, Charlie Ebersol announced that the draft. The liar. How is he a liar? Like what are you what are you going on about? It's it's fall. It's fall. It's not fall, technically. Okay, what did Charlie lie about now? Uh that the draft would be sometime in September. There has been some rumors about that it's gonna be happening in the next couple of weeks. Now, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I probably am. Um the NFL draft, can't you watch it? It's like a whole thing. It's a whole production. Yeah, and they like sew the uniforms in the back so that the players can come out carrying them and like it's a whole fucking thing yeah this is probably going to be a bunch of dudes on a conference call talking to each other so nothing like televised or highly unlikely like (laughs) if they're not going to like do anything for the combine they're not going to do anything for the draft is there stuff for the nfl combine 
Yes. The NFL Combine is another production. Oh. It's on TV. You can watch the guys do all their... But you know what? If they can make money at it, I'm sure it's going to be on TV. Yeah. Bingo. All right. So there's going to be a draft. It's going to be a bunch of dudes on a conference call just picking players. Yeah. So if like a team's interested in a player... Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I should not say it's exclusively dudes. It's just probably predominantly dudes. But if there's some ladies that are making these decisions... More power to you. Sure. So these are for like unallocated players. So I'm a, from what I understand, it's going to be like the phase three guys that their college wasn't allocated and they didn't play professionally. Gotcha. So if a team is interested in players, they essentially put them in a pool. And I'm guessing it's just like a draft. They all take turns picking who they want. Okay. But what if someone is allocated, but that team doesn't want them or isn't going to sign them? So I have absolutely zero information. But if you were to speculate, if I were to speculate, I would imagine at some point teams are going or players are going to move from phase one to phase two. So if an alliance passes on them in phase one, then they are eligible in phase two. Okay, but I don't know any kind of timeline. Sure, sure, sure. But if they didn't play for the NFL, then they would go straight to unallocated and up for grabs by every alliance in the draft. I don't know. See, that's my question. Yeah. So it's like, let's say, let's just for example, because I know his name, Riley Ferguson. Let's say he did not play for the NFL, but Memphis AAF is not going to sign him. Is there some sort of conversation where on this hypothetical conference call where the Memphis AAF team or coach or whoever says, no, we're not signing Riley. So then therefore he's up for grabs and he's added to the pool. I'm just like so curious on how like every step in this process works because it's so new and so different. Yeah. I doubt that's going to happen before the draft. So like if guys are allocating phase one or two, they're not going to be in the draft, but that sucks for them. Yeah. But I'm sure at a later date, they will be free agents, quote unquote, which could still be signed and picked up. Right. Okay. So it's not like, yeah, it's not, the door's not shut on you. Oh, okay, that's going to okay. suck. Like for like division one players who play for like Alabama. Yeah. That don't get signed. Sure. And now, yeah, they're they're going to be able to be eligible. Okay. So they can still sign players after the draft is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And probably like all the way up just like in the NFL. Okay. And then there's going to be tryouts later on up to the teams. So there's still tryouts after the combine? Uh, yeah. Somebody with the Alliance had said that there's going to be like tryouts with the teams. Okay, okay. So I don't know if these are going to be like AAF sanctioned or if it's going to be like up to the individual teams to coordinate that. But sure. there will be tryouts coming okay. sometime. So I think in the fall. If you're not signed, not allocated, just a free agent. Yeah, if you miss the it. combines, there's still a chance. Yeah. Just go to the AAF.com website, and I think it's at the bottom. There's a link that you can fill out a form if you want to be a player. Make sure you do that so you get in their database. Good idea. Yes. Have you done it? <laughs> <laughs> Look. <laughs> you want to play for their podcast team? I don't know if that is what. No. We could be official. <laughs> Look, Charlie, I know you're listening. Hit me up. If, what? Sorry about calling you a liar. <laughs> Hit us up if you want us to like produce the official AAF podcast. Here's my theme song. You ready? <laughs> we have a full theme song and everything. We're ready. Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Now on to our first and only interview of this episode. So I got Ricky Lewis Jr. with me here right now. He's out of North Carolina A&T. Uh, he's a running back and a slot receiver and did have some experience with arena football. Ricky, how you doing, man? 
been going well about yourself? Oh, you know, just doing what I can. <laughs> I understand. Just enjoying the, yeah, enjoying the show. Just, honestly, I've been, it's, it's kind of weird because I'm almost ready for like the NFL season to be over just so I can start watching the AAF. Yeah, me too. I just want to see how it's going to play out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But a lot of big things coming up. You know, we're um, finishing up the preseason. You know, all the teams are making their cuts. So it'll be a weird time during the, in the mm-hmm. Alliance. Well, with that, I just feel like going on? I'm just ready for the guys to get calls. Whoever didn't, whoever got cut from the NFL getting calls, everybody's going to get a call, I feel like, because it's just so much opportunity for guys to play right now and money to be made. And it's just a lot of opportunity right now. Yeah. And just uh, a good chance to get back into the game you guys love so much. Yes, sir. They can't sit out for too long. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us a little about yourself. Like, what do you do outside of football? Me and a couple of my buddies, we own a little fitness group called Steady Grind Fitness. And we, uh, we train kids. And we have women's boot camps. And um, as far as the football is concerned, we do more of teaching with the older guys as far as college and high school. And for the younger kids, we do a lot of fundamentals and catching and feet work drills just to get the kids familiar with football and what they're, what they're going to experience as the years go by. But um, we also have women's boot camps. And we do like um, – just fitness stations and just want to keep everybody in shape. I also work at a law, a law firm called Lanier Law Group and make my money there every week. So now I'm also working out, standing in the gym, trying to be ready for a call if I do get one. That is awesome. That's, that's so cool that you guys are working with the kids and, you know, working with fitness. Yeah, I really love working with kids. I was in the school system maybe two years ago. I was a TA and... um I just like being around the kids. My parents did it for so long, and I seen my parents do it, so I got into it as well, and I actually enjoy it. That's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit like about your playing style. Like one thing I noticed watching your highlights is that you're like quick and elusive. Like you can easily get around guys and kind of shake them off. So kind of tell me a little bit about like how you play and what your mentality is. I'm not really a, a boastful person when it comes to talk about football, but um, I just like to get on the field and, and show coaches what I can do and. Um, Put the ball in my hands. I'm trying to make something happen at all times. If not touchdown, I'm thinking first down. I just like to have the ball in my hands and like to make things happen and make big plays for my team. I hear you. Yeah. Football is such a team sport. It's like, you know, one guy can't do it all. So it's important, you know, try to get that team mentality. Yeah. One thing I do enjoy about playing football is blocking. Believe it or not, uh, at, at the receiver position, I do like to block. I mean, you can, you can get a hold to somebody and actually have a legal fight. If you want to, but I just I just like blocking when it comes to receiver and getting in the way, helping guys make plays as well. So I'm not just all about running the ball, but I, I, I can also help out if somebody else has the ball in their hand as well. Yeah, that's an asset that you don't really think about too much and doesn't really get a whole lot of attention. But when it comes to the running game, you know, the, the receivers are just, I don't know if just as important, but they're highly important because, you know, once, right. once the running back gets into that second level, you need you know, block the safeties and the cornerbacks. Yeah, that one block called six points. So yeah. I, I just tell my guys in high school, just get in the way for about two seconds and you can just get out the way. You just push that guy wherever he wants to go or just stand in front of him. We just set that block up and just run around him. Just yeah. get in the way for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and make his job a whole lot easier. Yes, sir. So what is like one skill, one asset, like what is like one attribute that you bring to your team? Well, a lot of my teammates tell me that I'm a great team player as far as the locker room is concerned and always, you know, some football players only hang with offense, hang with offense, defense, hang with defense. 
I'm one of those guys that hang with everybody. I hang with an old lineman, the one that nobody talks to really, or I'm the type of guy that'll go uh, sit in the locker room and just have a conversation with guys about football and do little things like that. Because when we get on the field, we all we're all a team, and we wanted to be a team off the field as well. And I want to show other guys that it's not about what side of ball you play on, who you should hang out with, anything like that. I just want everybody to be a team. And when everybody's a team, it helps out as far as winning championships is concerned. I love that. I love that. Like just too often, I feel like in the NFL, you got a lot of these players who just call it, you know, diva. You know, they, they care more about themselves than, than they actually do about winning the game, it seems, or, you know, helping out the other guys. Yeah, it's a lot of guys like that, but hey, as long as we're doing what we got to do on the field, that's cool too. But off the field, I want to be a friend as well. So don't just do it on the field. Let's do it off the field as well. Yeah, definitely. Like football is, you know, I hear it said all the time, you know, football is 90% mental. And having that that teamwork, having that friendship, you know, it gives it gives you and your teammates a reason to play because you're not playing for yourself. You're playing for, you know, the other 10 guys on the field with you and all the guys on the sideline. Right. So you're listed as a running back and slot receiver. Where do you feel most comfortable on the field? Well, really both. It just depends on how the game is going. If I'm doing good at running back, I would like to stay there. If I'm doing good at receiver, I like to stay there. But it just depends on the flow of the game and where I get my touches at first and stuff like that. I know a lot of guys say might have the same thing to say. But if you get that first touch at, and you get a good amount of yards that first touch, you're going to feel good for the rest of the game at that position. So wherever I'm at at the time, it's just where I'm going to be. So most times I feel comfortable at running back. A lot of times it's at receiver, but most of my games I've played, I've started at running back. It makes a lot of sense. You know, just thinking, you know, watching the NFL, more and more running backs are need to be pass catchers as well. So you need running backs that can catch the ball. So like having that kind of cross training and be able to play both positions seems like it'd be a huge asset for any team. Right. I like to catch the ball at the backfield. It gives me a lot of space. I can turn around and look where I'm going. I'm more I'm more of a catch first, running back first, than hand me the ball off first type guy. I, I'm the guy that wants to screen. Yeah. You line me at receiver room, let me run the screen. Or I run I like the my favorite my favorite run inside in between the tackles is power. I like that big guy coming around, pulling around for me and like getting behind him and let him do his thing and setting it up and I scored a lot of touchdowns off the power play in college. And uh, when Coach showed that to other guys, he showed the power play. I, I guess I ran the best in his eyes. So that is my that is my favorite play. I also like the toss play, but screens and power is my favorite plays. That's awesome because you get outside and you can go inside, having that versatility. Right. Yes, sir. I also like uh, inside zone because I did a lot of that in high school. I played quarterback in high school. So we did a lot, a lot of inside zone and outside zone and zone read and stuff like that. So I'm real familiar with that as well, too. Perfect. All right. So as you're probably aware, the AAF, they're going to be looking at the fans to kind of come up with team names, and we should be getting a team name soon. So in the Memphis Facebook group, there's a few names have been kind of floating around. So I've been doing this with all the guys. I'm going to hit you with a few names. Tell me what you think we should go with, or if you have another one to throw out there, let me know what that is. Okay. Four names, uh, the Kings. The Pharaohs and the Blues. So out of those, or if you've got one to throw out there, what do you think we should go with? I like Memphis Kings. Yeah, that's a popular one. Yeah, I do like that one. Uh, the Blue, I like the Memphis Blues as well, because I just like the way that sounds. For sure. But I like Memphis Kings, though. 
Well, there we go. All right. So I'll give you 30 seconds to make your pitch. If anybody from the team or anywhere in the AAF is listening, why should they sign you? Um, I feel like they should sign me because I'm a great team player. Um, I'm all about winning. I'm a great listener. I'm very coachable. Put the ball in my hands. I'm ready to score a touchdown right now. Put a lot of work in as far as football is concerned. And I'm just ready to play ball now. That's awesome. I love that attitude. I love, you know, the team player mentality. So, you know, again, Ricky, thanks so much for coming on the show. Before you go, for anybody that's listening that want to connect with you online, where can they go? What's your social media? My Instagram is Tulu, the number two, uh, L-E-W, Junior, J-R. Facebook is Ricky Lewis Jr. If you want to find me on Facebook, and that's about it. Awesome. I'm going to be sure to put uh, links to that in the show notes. So if you guys want to connect with them or if you want to watch this highlight video, be sure to hit the show notes at MemphisAAF.com. Again, Ricky, thanks so much for coming on the show. All right. Thank you. So that was Ricky. All right. Yeah. So like off the field, he's like this calm, humble guy. But on the field, he's unforgiving. He's a beast. Yeah. So check out his highlights. They will be in the show notes as well as his social media. And Steady Grind Fitness. Yes. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So MemphisAAF.com slash seven. All right. So now on to the main event. So we're still talking about the XFL. Again? Why? Do we have to? <laughs> because of something that's sad, funny, upsetting. Pitiful, desperate. That's a good way to put it. Oliver Luck, who is the commissioner for the XFL, sent out uh, a friendly letter to NFL agents. I feel like you're saying that sarcastically. What? No. Me? Sarcastic? Anyway, in this letter... He warned... Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Who did he send the letter to? NFL agents. Okay. So in this letter, he essentially warned them of the risks of allowing their players to sign with professional spring football leagues. How many of those are there? As far as I know, just the AAF and the XFL. So essentially, this is a veiled attack on the AAF, saying that if their players sign with this league... They'll be limited in who they can sign with later on. How? How? Because they won't be able to sign with his league. That's totally fine. Because, <laughs> For okay, us, so, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a player, why would you wait to sign right now with the AAF when the XFL seriously is win their first games? Uh, and a year after the AAF. Exactly. So why would you wait? And, and, and as an agent, wouldn't you be like, this is fucking dumb? Uh, who gives a shit? Sorry, I... I don't I don't even know anything about XFL. It just seems like they're hangers on and it they're desperate. Like why would you seriously as an agent or player wait to sign for a team possibly later? And all right, let's say I got that call. I just get a call from the swarm and they're gonna sign me. I'm like, no no no. My agent says to wait for the XFL. But then no one calls you. Like, how stupid are you gonna feel? Why do they do this? Desperation, fear, because like if a player signs with the AAF, they're signing three-year contracts. Okay. Which means that they won't be eligible to sign with the XFL when they finally launch in 2020. So Oliver Luck is trying to make the argument that they need to sit out for a year and wait for the XFL to start. That way their players will have the option of signing anywhere. So it's a really hard sell for like an agent to make to his players or like, you know, the XFL to try to make this argument because a lot of these guys are going to be fresh out of college. They're going to be trying to make it to the NFL. And the last thing they need is to sit out for a year and just not play football 
or try to like play in arena football league or like some other league where they can get out of a contract after a year. Because if they didn't make it in the draft, then obviously they need to work on their skills. And the best way to do that is being on the field, playing actual football, not sitting around waiting for another spring league to to start up. Yeah. So what possible benefit is there to waiting? Like, I guess if you're a free agent, it won't hurt you either way. But if you have a possible deal on the table, why would someone possibly say no? The only thing I can think of, well, I guess two things is one, like maybe there's something we don't know about the XFL that's going to make it a more viable and possibly a better option for players. Which is totally true because we don't know a whole lot about the XFL anyway. And the only other benefit would be the potential to make more money. So the XFL is going to pay more than the AAF? For exceptional players. So Vince McMahon, I don't think they've announced like what their salaries are going to be. Okay. But he said that he's willing to pay like up to $200,000 a year for exceptional players. So what makes something exceptional? Like how do you quantify that? Maybe like the top players in the league. So like the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's and like the Julio Jones of the XFL can make $200,000 and everybody else is going to be making something. I was going to say, like, wouldn't that just cause issues? But I guess that's how NFL teams work now anyway. I mean, people just name more than others. And that information's already out there. So, Yeah. And then it just comes down to having to make that risk assessment. Is it worth sitting out for a year, not getting that kind of film, not getting that playing time for that extra money, which is still going to be well below the league minimum for the NFL mm-hmm. and even less than what you would make on a practice squad? Or do you want to maybe take a little bit less money, get playing time now, and hope for the benefits from the AAF for popularity and social media engagement and a better chance of making it to the NFL? So, I mean, that's what these players have to decide. And I just don't see the argument of sitting out for a year. But see, I guess this is why you have an agent, right? Because an agent could possibly get more inside information or they could guarantee that you're going to be signed to the XFL just because like... That's the conversation that they could have with a team owner, possibly, you know, as a player, maybe you don't have access to all of this information, but an agent might, and they could definitely help you hopefully advocate for what's best for you. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I feel like if you don't already look into getting an agent, if you're looking to play in the league, because they can, especially like one with experience, like they know the system, they know how to fight for you and know how to advocate for you. I feel like we should watch Ballers. Isn't it about an agent? Uh, I don't know if he's an agent. It's got the rock. I'm down. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, I did speak with an agent. And the one thing he told me is that in the NFL, with the collective bargaining agreement, there's rules and regulations about how agents can operate. There's nothing like that in the AAF. So there's agents out there that are probably going to be looking to take more than their fair share. So if you do get an agent, don't pay him more than 3% of your earnings, ah. is what this guy said to me. This is actual agent. That's good to know. Yes. Yeah, definitely do your research. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anything about this shit, so don't listen to me. But just, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there. Well, I would hope there'd be a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, I don't know. I, this is an area of football I completely <laughs> have no idea. Do you think that maybe we, sometime we could get him on the show? He Maybe he gives some information to these players? I think that'd be beneficial. Let's see what we can do. That'd be yeah. really cool. It'd be cool to talk to an agent and to hear more about that side of football. Yeah. So if I can get him on the show, let me know, like, what questions do you have that... Yeah, as fans or players. Yeah, that an agent could be able to answer. Hopefully we can help you out. 
All right. So I think we'll leave it on that note. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Head on over to memphisaaf.com slash seven for all the show notes to this episode, as well as links to everything we talked about, including the article about the XFL. And also follow us on social media. Do it. Do it. And until next week. Pew!